Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, will you reach each one of us in the way we need to be today, that you would use your word to point us to where our true joy is found, our true hope is found, and it's in Jesus, in his name. One of the best books I've read in the past number of years, some of you have seen me pass it around at, at Bible study and talk about it, it's, it's pretty thick, 500 pages, took a while to get through. It's by a British historian named Tom Holland who, like I would say many people, some of you maybe that's your story today, that, that they grew up going to church, their parents took them in some way, uh, and then for whatever reason... By the time he was in middle school or high school, he said, you know, I don't think I believe that. And then kind of went his own way and uh, went to university for many degrees, became a historian. And he said he was really taken with the uh, Romans and Greeks and, and all the, the might and the glamour of, of everything they did. And, and uh, he said that was way more exciting than stories he saw in the Bible. And then the longer he got into adulthood, he, he started to become unsettled by that. What he realized was... When he read into history and every other philosophy or religion or ancient gods, all he saw was brutality. The strong always crushed the weak and never cared for them because it's their fault that they're weak. And the oppressed were oppressed because they didn't have enough power not to be oppressed. And he found himself, he said, well, I believed in ideals like the dignity of every person or equality and equality of men and women. And... I believed in ideals that the strong should care for the weak and the poor. And he said, I couldn't find that anywhere in any other uh, philosophy or history or anywhere except one place. He said, I only could trace it to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And in, you can read a lot of his stuff and listen to uh, podcasts and different things. One of them, this is a quote from him, him talking on, he says, I can't find any basis for things like, he says, even uh, universal human rights and dignity and treating men and women equally and all of those things that we might take for granted. I can't find any of those anywhere except they depend on Jesus. There's no backing anywhere else except in the Jesus story of his crucifixion and resurrection. So even in his heart, he would say, well, I'm not sure I believe factually in these things. He says, I really, really want them to be true because they make the world a better place and they actually are good news. So I love that coming from, an, I would say, an honest skeptic. And maybe that's some of you today. I hope you can see that, that the resurrection of Jesus is such good news that even if you're not sure about it, you should want it to be true. So let's get into that story from Matthew. Matthew 28. Again, each gospel writer writes with different goals, different perspectives. They leave some things out, the others tell, and, and talk about other things for their own uh, reasons. Here, after the Sabbath... Toward the dawn of the first day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled, became like dead men. Guards that the Romans put there to make sure nothing happened. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. 
I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going before you to Galilee. There you'll see him. So they departed and went from the tomb with fear and great joy. You ever been filled with fear and joy at the same time? Maybe something exciting, but uh, in, in our house we talk about scary fun things, be it a roller coaster or something you're unsure about. They're filled with fear and great joy. What I love about that is the honesty of the Bible writers. They're not later trying to airbrush to make everything work. They, they write honestly. They were filled with fear and joy. What, what could this mean? Could this be true? I don't even know what to do with, with this. And I wonder how often you and I follow Jesus with some amount of fear and joy. Jesus, I trust you, but, but I'm lonely. Jesus, I, I trust you, but the numbers of my bills and the numbers of my bank aren't adding up. Jesus, I trust you. But, Jesus, I'm trust, I trust you, but do you really forgive what I did? Or can I really forgive them? And then it says, behold, Jesus came and met them and said, greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Today we're going to talk about Jesus' feet. Wonderful, right? They knelt and they clutched Jesus' feet and they worshipped him. What do you do with that? If nothing else, the Bible is earthy. It is not a uh, pie-in-the-sky meditative book. It is earthy on the ground. God who has come to be with us. And very simple point to take away, Jesus has feet. Happy Easter, right? Welcome. He is risen. <laughs> Jesus has feet. Why is that important? We believe that Jesus bodily rose from the dead, the bodily resurrection. Guess who doesn't have feet? This is really basic. Then and now, ghosts. Right? Think Aladdin. Genies, ghosts. Ghosts don't have, then and now, don't have feet. Why else do you write about Jesus' feet in the story? They grab, is it really you, Jesus? Am, am I... They went to great lengths to, to show they, they did not have visions. They weren't hallucinating. They didn't make it up. They didn't see a ghost. They knew this. And it went against everything they thought could be true. They knew Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That's your part. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So this one-time miracle, it is one time. And so... Many have said, well, there's no scientific evidence for that, so I guess I can't believe it. Hold on, pause for a second. There's uh, not a lot of scientific evidence for a lot of things out there. For starters, there's probably not any scientific evidence that I'm actually married or that my wife actually loves me or that I'm actually a pastor. There's not scientific, but there's a lot of evidence that those things are true. It's a different kind. And there's a lot of historical evidence, starting with reliable eyewitness accounts of people that lived with Jesus, saw Jesus, and these were smart people that knew that dead people stay dead. And here they see Jesus walking again with those same scars he had from his crucifixion, and yet he's alive. 
Jesus has feet. He is alive. The resurrection of his body is real. And the resurrection he promises to you and your body is real. So that's the second thing. Because Jesus has feet that they clutch, you can see that the Christian faith is earthy. We put our feet on the ground in a place. And Jesus cares about those feet that you walk around with. That our, our bodies matter to God. Your normal life matters. Jesus cares about your body, about your soul, about your feet and hands and eyes and voice. And he cares what you've been through this week. And he cares about what you've been through this past year. He, Jesus knows your pain. He knows the ways you've been slighted or mistreated or rejected or the ways that you've hurt others and you've tried to make it right and, you don't, and your nagging guilt and shame just keep clawing at you. Jesus knows. And Jesus has saved you body and soul. Jesus died to forgive your actual real sins, every one of them, because Jesus loves you. The Christian faith is earthy. And so the Marys, it says they took hold of Jesus' feet and worshipped him. That's very important. Yes, Jesus claims to be God every bit through his ministry. And one of the telltale things is throughout his ministry, and especially now as he has risen, he receives worship. Only God gets worshipped. And Jesus doesn't say, hey, hey, keep it down. I'm, I'm just a good teacher or a prophet or a guru. No, he doesn't do any of that. He receives it. They take hold of his feet and they worship. Jesus has captivated their heart and they know he's alive and now he will lead their future. So what about you and me? I wonder, what kinds of things have you maybe knelt and grabbed the feet of lately? What kinds of things have captivated your heart? You see, even if we won't call it worship, something grabs us or something causes us at times in our lives to, to kneel and grab its foot. And this Lent, the past number of weeks here at Zion, we've talked about a number of those, and we've called them counterfeit gods, that is, substitute things that pose to us as if they'll give us the deep meaning and hope and peace and identity that only Jesus can. But other things kind of pose, pretend that they will, but they just can't deliver that. And so we might reach out and clutch our career and think, if I just make this position or promotion, then I'll finally feel fulfilled. And then it happens and you realize it didn't quite last. Or if it's money that you reach out and try to grab you think, as soon as I have this much, this number in my account, I'll finally have peace and everything will be good. And then you get there and realize, oh, I'm still anxious. I better make the number larger. Or maybe your whole life you felt uh, disrespected by people and you just want someone to, to respect you. And so you work hard and, and drive and prove yourself and, and then somebody respects you and then it's not enough. So I wonder what you and I are tempted to, or have been reaching out, kneeling, and, and grabbing the feet of. It says these women grabbed Jesus' feet and worshipped him. You see, whatever grips your heart and my heart, whatever we reach out and try to grab, if it's not Jesus, it just can't truly 
fulfill you. It's not that there's anything wrong with uh, all of those things uh, of career and money and, and family and hard work and whatever. Those are all good things. If they're good things in the place God puts them, they just can't be your everything. They, they can't fill your soul. That's Jesus' job. You see, if you, if you kneel like those women and grab the foot of Jesus, your heart can stop searching and wandering and it can rest and finally have the peace that you've been looking for. You see, if Jesus is truly risen from the dead, it means you have a God who loves you. It means you have a God who knows you better than you know yourself, and he loves you. You see, God already knows you. As Jesus himself says, knows the, the hair on your head, knows how many wrinkles on your palm are on you. He knows everything about you, and yet still hangs on the cross forgiving his killers. Father, forgive them. And as Jesus hangs on Friday and says, it is finished, we get to stand here and proclaim those other three words, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Uh, so for those women, Jesus tells them, or the angel tells them, you know, go and tell the disciples. And Jesus tells them, go and tell the disciples. From that moment on, which starts small, admittedly, the first to come to the tomb, the first Easter is uh, dark and small and, and quiet. And, and it takes a while to, to get to where we truly know all that it means and we stand here and proclaim our hallelujahs. But from that moment on, the rest of their life is radically different because they knelt and grabbed the feet of Jesus. What about you? Will you kneel today and grab the feet of Jesus and worship him? And maybe it's for the first time. That's wonderful. And I'd love to talk more and we can talk about being baptized soon and that'd be amazing. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time. You kneel and grab the feet of Jesus who's been looking for you. And if you do, today kneel and grab the feet of Jesus and worship him. You can thank the Holy Spirit that he's given you eyes to see and a heart to believe in the true hope. And will you kneel and worship the Jesus who will define and direct your life out of his goodness and grace and love? And it's the, the risen Jesus that promises that, that this day 2,000 years ago isn't just about then. It's not something just in the past. It's something that's going to come in the future. That when Jesus returns, he will bring full healing to every sorrow and every pain that you've ever been through. And that, yes, even your body will be fully healed. You and I will be raised to, do, to new life where there's no family heartache and no bodily heartache and the worst thing you will ever face, death itself, when your body is laid into the ground, that itself will be undone. And for some of you, there's immense joy that you will know that you will hug your husband or your father again. Some of you know the name, Johnny Erickson Tata. She's now 73 and has been in a wheelchair for over 55 years. She, at age 17, uh, dove into shallow water and misjudged the depth and became a quadriplegic, that is, uh, can't move her arms or legs. 
And the early years involved a lot of anger and depression and, and suicidal thoughts. And uh, God graciously allowed her to keep living. And she let God use her throughout her life. And now she's survived two bouts of cancer and has a lot of chronic pain and is still allowing God to use her. One of my favorite things she wrote is in her, a book she wrote on heaven. She says, when Jesus returns, I will be free to jump, dance, kick. And although I'm sure Jesus will be delighted to watch me rise on tiptoe, there's something I plan to do that may please him even more. If possible, somewhere, sometime, before the party gets going, when all the guests are called to the banquet table of the wedding feast of the Lamb, the first thing I plan to do on resurrection legs is to drop onto grateful, glorified knees. And I will quietly kneel at the feet of Jesus. I, she goes on, can scarcely believe it with Shriveled, bent fingers and atrophied muscles and gnarled knees and and no feeling from the shoulders down. I will one day have a new body. Clothed in, in righteousness from Jesus. Can you imagine the hope this gives someone with a spinal cord injury like me? Or someone who is cerebral palsied or brain injured who has multiple sclerosis? Can you imagine the hope that this gives someone who is manic depressive? And she finishes, no other religion, no other philosophy promises new bodies, new hearts, and new minds. Only in the gospel of Jesus Christ do hurting people find such incredible hope. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. 